notice these words. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Now, I want to draw your attention back to one word in verse 42. Notice the word they, where it says they. They continued. Now, the question has to be asked. The question has to be asked by you and by me as, as we are Bible students. The question has to be asked, who are they? Who is the they that Paul is referring to in this portion of Scripture? Who are the, the they? You know who the they are? They are the 3,000 people that were saved. That when, when Peter, when, 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 when Peter was, at, was in the upper room with the, the fellow disciples, because the way it works in, 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 um, in a sequence is that we know that, that originally that, that Jesus, he came to, to earth to be with us. That's number one. Jesus came to, to be with us, right? And then Jesus called his disciples, number two. So Jesus came from heaven to earth, and he called his disciples. So that's number two. And as he called his disciples, his disciples were, were, were with Jesus. Now, number three, Jesus went to heaven. And as Jesus went to heaven, he told his disciples, he says, hey, boys. And they're like, yeah, Jesus, what's up? Hey, guess what? Um, uh, I, I'm going to get, be arrested Oh, no, we don't like that, Jesus. <laughs> we want you to stay with us. No, 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 but I'm going to be arrested, and, and I'm going to be crucified, but on the third day, I'm going to be um, risen fr from the dead. And when, when I go, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to come alongside you. He's going to come and live inside of you. He's going to bring comfort. So what I want you to do is, is and this is a, the next step, the next step is that I want you as disciples, I want you to go into the upper room and wait for the Spirit. Wait for the Spirit. And so the disciples, they, they were in the upper room and they waited for the Spirit. And, and as they were there, they were praying. They were pouring out their heart to God. They're pouring out their heart to God because um, they, were hurt, they were hurting. Why? Because their, their, their friend, their friend Jesus. And Jesus, by the way, he's our friend. And I pray that this year that you would have sweet communion with your friend. And, and I don't know who is your, if you would say, who's your, your best friend? Your BFF, you know, whoever that person is. Oh, I, I pray that Jesus would be your BFF, if you will. That he would be your friend because he sits closer than, than a brother. And that you would get to know your friend and his attributes and his ways and, and, and commune with him. And, and, and so, so they, they were hurting. They were hurting because their friend was not with her. But when you hurt, you, you hurt with hope. You hurt with hope. And, and, and hope for the future. Uh, and, and their hope was that the, the Spirit was going come to come down, but they're to, they're to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and we are always called as disciples to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. We, 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 we are called to do that. We wait and to be empowered by the Spirit. Because if you're not empowered by the Spirit, you're empowered by your flesh. You can't have both, right? And so may this year, 2020, be the year of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our personal life, that the flesh would be squashed and the Spirit would reign. And, and so we will walk in the Spirit so we don't gratify the desires of our, our, our sinful nature or our fleshly appetites. And, and we all have our fleshly appetites. And I'm not talking about um, being burritos. You know, I'm not talking about that kind of food. Um, I'm talking about, you know, the, the greed, the, the wanting, the, the lust, the being 
inconsiderate, the being rude and, and, and not thinking about that stuff. The Lord wants to squash all that this year, and he wants to fill us with his spirit. That's what he wants. That's his will. So he told his boys, go up to the upper room and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what people need this day. They need the power of the Holy Spirit of God just to lead them and guide them. And so that's what happened. And then the room was just kind of shaken, and then the Spirit of God came and filled them. And then Peter, Peter, God, God used Peter. And remember about Peter. Peter was the one that denied Jesus. He denied Jesus. And, and as he denied Jesus, the, then when Jesus was, was resurrected, specifically he went to um, Peter because the Lord knows your need. You know, Peter probably felt bad and like, dude, man, I sold out Jesus. Man, I, I feel bad. You know, they asked me, do you know Jesus? I'm like, don't know what you're talking about. Don't, don't know him at all. I don't know. I sold him out. And Jesus knew that. And Jesus approached um, Peter and just re, uh, restored him. And then we, we have his letter, 1 Peter and 2 Peter in the Bible. And it speaks about being passionate for Jesus, being sold out for, for, for the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to be a person this year? Want, you want to be in, in sold out for Jesus Christ? Read the book of 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And, and you'll, you'll read a letter from a person that has been restored and is just sold out for the cause of Christ Jesus. And that's what's all about. It's all about being sold out for the cause of Jesus Christ. And so you have Peter. He was filled with the Spirit. So then he goes and, and interacts with, with people. And, and, and homeboy Peter, I mean, I shouldn't call him a homeboy, but Peter, he gets up and he like proclaims the gospel message. And as Peter proclaims the gospel message, notice with me verse 41 of the same chapter, chapter 2, verse 41. Verse 41 says, then those who believed received his word. That's Peter's word. And they were baptized. And then that day, about 3,000 souls were, were added to them. So here you go. You, you, you have they, the 3,000 souls were, 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 added, were added to what is known for us as a church. Back then, it, it was like, okay, there's 3,000 people there. So how do you transform new converts to be stable and, and transform them um, from, from strangers to a family? How do you go about doing that? How do you go about getting these new 3,000 people before? Because remember, it was just only the disciples. It was only the, the disciples. Now you have the disciples and then 3,000 more added together. How do you move 3,000 3,000 strangers to a family so they could love one another and care for one another because they are a big family of God. And by the way, know that the church body, it is huge. We have a huge church body, red, yellow, black, and white. They are all over the world, and they are our family. And so they're the... Um, and they're a family. So, no, you have a, a big church, church family. So we are given the, the answer, the, the, the purpose, the purpose that these 3,000 um, believers had that, that, that glued them together to become one. They had components, if you will. They had the fourfold purpose that these believers had. And these are the, 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 the first disciples, the, the, the first church members. And, and as a body of Christ in the 21st century, it's always important to always go back to history, just to revisit it, just to make sure that the components that began the church, if we are still marching in those same steps, 
and we can't get away from it. We have to stay biblical. We have to stay according to God's word. And, and, and as I mentioned before, that, that the church is not man's invention. The church is God's creation. God created the church, and the gates of hell shall never, ever come against it. That's why the church is not going to go down, despite even this world, because the gates of hell won't come against it because God created the church. So the church, the church should have a, a fourfold purpose to, to have within the church. And we are the body of Christ. So in the body of Christ, there should be a fourfold purpose that, that we have um, in our lives in order to be healthy. So let, let, let's, let's uncover the, these fourfold purpose within the church. So number one, we see in verse 42 that they, that they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In doctrine. Now, I don't want the, the word doctrine to um, intimidate you. You know, doctrine is a word that you don't necessarily, you know, text somebody. You know, you don't Snapchat somebody with that word doctrine. Hey, doctrine. They're going to be like, what? <laughs> What's doctrine? Oh, send me a selfie. You know, doctrine. What does the word doctrine mean? Well, the word doctrine means having a set of beliefs. Having a set of beliefs held by a church, having a set of beliefs held and taught by a church. So these new believers in the first church, if you will, and they didn't even call themselves a church, the, the, the assembly of these 3,000, uh, in addition to the, uh, uh, um, the disciples, they, they gather together. Notice that they gather together. They, they, gather, they gather together and they continued they continued to have their, their focus and their attention in the word of God. And in the word of God, that's where they learn the doctrine. Doctrine comes from scripture. And we are called to stay in the scriptures. It's so, so, so important. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire, desire, want it, crave, the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It's really important when we come to church to have the word of God open. There's a reason why this pulpit is in the middle. There's a reason why the, the Bible sits in, in the middle. For this should be our focus 100% because we need to see scripture clearly. We need to hear the word of God. We don't need a pep talk. We need a Bible study. Why? Because the word of God transforms the mind. The word of God transforms a life. The word of God can transform a, a drug addict, a gang member, or someone that has it all together. It's the power of the word of God. God's word will never turn back void. And God lifts his word higher than anything else. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. Our beautiful mall there down the road, that's going to pass away. Lazy boys too, lazy dogs. That's all going to pass away. But my word will live forever. Why is that? Because God's word is eternal. Souls are eternal. Those are really the, the, the only couple um, elements that will last forever. Everything else is going to be buried or die away or fade away. Souls and the scripture will last forever. And so the, the first disciples... The, the, the original, the original gangsters, the, the, the OG, the, the original, the, the very first, they, they, were, they continued steadfastly in the word of God. And as a congregation, that the Lord birthed, that the Lord birthed his church, we made a decision 
at the very first day when, when we began a Bible study to be in the scriptures because we know that God's word is inspired by him and God's word equips us for works of service so we could be complete in Jesus Christ because we're incomplete and the scriptures make us complete in Christ Jesus. You want to be whole, be in the scriptures. You want to be healed, be in the scriptures. You want to have a renewed mind, you want God's mind, Know the mind of God through the scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, that's 66 books for the record, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. So we, get, we go through the scriptures, that's how we learn the doctrine. Through scripture, all scripture. So, so we go, and this is the church where we go through chunks of scripture. So the chunks of scripture would be in us, so we could be chunky. Like, kind of didn't sound too good. Not in the physical sense, in the spiritual sense. All right, let's move on. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God that is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. God's word corrects us for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly, I love that word, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you want to be a complete Christian? Yes, I want to be a complete Christian. How does that take place? By being in the word of God, by being in a, in a congregation that values the scriptures, that when you come in and when you leave, you're going to get a Bible study. You're going to get the word of God. And, and, and so it's important to us. So these new believers in Jesus, they were hungry for the doctrine of the scriptures. And we are called to be hungry as a body of Christ to delight ourselves in the feeding of the doctrine of scriptures. Psalms 119 verse 103 says, how sweet, how sweet are your words to my taste Ooh, I eat them and they, ooh, they taste so good, better than carne asada, better than a chocolate. You know, your, your words, I, I, mm, I devour them. They're so sweet, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Some of you like honey. Some of you like honey in your tea. You know, you like that sweetness. You're like, oh, that's just so sweet. You know what? When you take in this word of God, no, it is sweet to our taste. It's sweet to us. Psalms 119 verse 127 says, therefore, I love your commandments above gold. I know some of you like gold, especially you ladies. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with gold, but we don't worship gold. We worship God, and we thank God for the things that he gives us, right? And so we love his commandments, and by the way, the scripture says his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are a delight to us. What God says, he empowers us so we could carry it out. So it's not like, oh, I have to full follow a rule book. No, no, I, I follow love letters. And when you love someone, you, 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 you want to please them. When you love someone, you, 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 you don't want to go against them, but you want to be in harmony with them. John 8, 31 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, If you continue in my word, notice the word continue, and that's what the first disciples did, they continued. If you continue in my word, then... Are you my disciples indeed? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It, it's so wonderful to have the, the word of God uh, in our lives as truth, as truth. Truth is a, a, a word that people throw around this day. Well, is it true for you? It may, may not be true, true for me. 
But, but truth according to scripture and, and the scripture could be verified. It, we have the truth of God's word. And, and so our truth is based upon facts. Our truth is based upon facts and the, and the Bible is reliable. You could have a, a cappuccino with someone and some honey and tea if you want and then sit down and you could go over the verification of the scriptures. Now, their truth you could go down their, their, their history, and it's going to come to a very short end. Wherever they gleaned their, their truth from, which actually came from man, but who created man? Um, and so it, it, it will definitely hit a wall eventually with God, the scriptures where we get our, our truth, and truth is made up in a person. You know, um, Pontius Pilate says, what is truth? The truth, sad to say, was standing right in front of him. Jesus says, I am the way. I am truth. You want to know what truth is? It's, it's wrapped up in a person, and his name is Christ Jesus, my Lord. And so, so the, the truth sets us free. And so we are, we're free. We're free um, with God because we know that our sins have been forgiven, and we can live our lives free. We don't have to be, pretend that we're religious because we are right before God. We don't want to put on. We could be free. And I, and I love being a free Christian. Now, I'm not free to go and sin because I love Jesus and, and those that you love, you don't want to go out on them, right? And, 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 and so I'm loyal to my Lord. I don't want to sin and break his, his heart, just like my wife. I love my wife. And as I love my wife, um, I, 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 I have, I, she's my wife, so you love, yeah, I love her. And, and so in, in our love relationship with, with the Lord, you love him. So you, you want to Please him, if, if you will, because he has changed your life. So we, we continue. We continue as, as a church and as a body of Christ. Let, let your focus see clearly the importance of the Bible. The Bible is so important. It has been said about the Bible that the Bible reveals the mind of God. The Bible reveals the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, the happiness of believers. His doctrines are holy. His precepts are binding. His histories are true. His decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise. Read it to have a solid foundation. Believe it to be safe. Practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you food to support you, comfort to cheer you. It is a traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and it gives Christian character. Here, paradise is restored. Heaven is open. Christ is a grand subject. Our good, it's its design, and the glory of God, it's its end. Fill your mind with the word. Let it rule your heart. Let it guide your feet. Read it slowly and always prayerfully. It is the mine of wealth, a, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. Follow its words. It will lead you to Calvary, to the empty tomb, and to a resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word of God. The early church, they, they saw clearly the importance of the scripture. We are the body of Christ. May we see clearly the importance of scripture. Okay, we have three more left. Number two. The second purpose of the body of Christ, you see clearly, is that they were steadfast in fellowship. We see that in verse 42, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship. Now, what does the word steadfast mean? Well, the word steadfast means to remain firm without wavering. So these group of people, these, 
these 3,000 plus the disciples, of course. So they, they continue together and they remain firm without wavering. We in the 21st century of the body of Christ, we, it's important to see clearly the importance to stay firm in fellowship. To stay firm in fellowship. The Bible makes it very clear that we were created to have fellowship with one another. Love God and love others. The first thing, if you would ever ask in the Bible, what was the first thing that God declared that was not good? And the word is isolation. What is not good in the Bible is isolation. And the Proverbs speak about that, to do not isolate yourself. And, and if you're going through a difficult time, one of the best things you could do when you're going through a difficult time is to connect to the life of the body of Christ. So we, we could love on you. We could encourage you. And what the enemy would, would lie to you, he would lie to, he would lie to you to cause you to isolate yourself. Oh, no one cares about you. It's just you and this whole world. The whole world's against you. That's not truth. That's a life in the pit. It's important to, to come. When, when, when I'm hurting, I need a brother to hold me. When, when I'm going through a difficulty, I need to know that someone's going to put their hand upon my shoulder and say, I'm with you in this, brother. You're not alone. I need someone to carry me. I need somebody to be there for me. I need to receive a text and just saying, hey, I got your back, dude. I mean, you don't have to call me dude. But you know, what, you know what I mean? You need that. We want that. God put that inside of us. And the body of Christ, we need that. And, and so it's important. It's important to, to stay together. God has not called us to be lone ranger Christians, but to engage in the life of faith together. This is how Jesus designed his church. So it's important that, that you come. We, we want you here every single Sunday. And so when you wake up on Sunday, and it's only, only on Sunday, or maybe Monday morning when you're like, oh, I got to get up for, for work. But it shouldn't be that way on Sunday. You can go with it. Just say, no, I should go to the house of God. How pleasant it is when I go in the house of God. And that's what the Psalms speak about that that I rejoice and I'm glad that I went to the house of God. Why am I glad that I went to the house of God? One is I get to worship God Almighty. I get to be with the body of Christ. And, and I know we need to redeem the internet and redeem Facebook Live and, and all that's important. And I know that people get ill and I, and I, and I, and I, I get that. I, I understand all that. But it's important to be here. Even in your jammies, just come. <laughs> Because we don't care how you look. We care about you as a person. Come. Come together to worship God, to, to be in the, the life of the body of Christ. It's so important. And, and so to, to come together, it's important because we need each other. We need to worship the Lord. We need to be in the word of God together. It's not the same when, when we're on our couch and with the computer. It, it's, it's important to, to come together and because we're called to love one another. We're called to rejoice with you when, 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 when things are going okay within your life. We're like, praise God for that. And when you're going through a difficulty, it's important to know that you're loved. It's important to know that you can weep. Someone can weep with you. That can look into your eyes and you know that that person really does genuinely care about me. We need that as human beings. And, and you, you will only find that in a church and not in a bar. And, and so it's important to come to the body of Christ, not a nightclub, you know, to, to find love and to find acceptance and to find connection. No, our connection 
is in Jesus Christ. And, and so we're called, we're called, we're called to come together. The book of Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And brotherly love, we're called to devote ourselves to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. So when we come together, it's not for selfish purposes. It's not to say, hey, I want to go and, and uh, I want to get married. Yeah, that's what I want to do. In fact, I see somebody that I claim in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I claim that person. Yes. You know what? We, we believe that God makes things beautiful in his timing. And, and he has your, your life all mapped out, you know, and he, he knows what's best for you. He'll orchestrate situations to take place for you guys to, to meet. And then and we just see how God brings people together. We take a step back and we say, bless the Lord. And he makes things beautiful in his timing. And so we come together and we, we honor um, others and we don't take advantage of them. We, we love them and we serve them. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 24, it says, let us consider one another in order or for the purpose of to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as in the manner of some. So some do this. We're not called to be like the some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Guys, the day is approaching. The day is approaching. We, we, we don't know, as, as we had a study last week, what's going to be taking place with Russia and with Iran. And we don't know. But as the day is approaching and, and evil is, is there, so we know that our redemption, it, is, it does draw nigh. We, we keep our ear out for the trumpet. Mean, meanwhile, we, we're keeping ourselves disciplined um, in the Bible and in the fellowship, and it's important to be connected. Don't isolate yourself in the last days. And so here's just a, 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 a couple of, of encouragements how you can make in 2020 a priority uh, for, for a top priority for you to be in fellowship um, one is that, you know, after, after church, hang out a afterwards. You know, we have a little um, um, courtyard area, and I, I was just over there um, eating the donuts. No, I was just over there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get a little water before I came up here. And um, there, I saw some hot chocolates. And some of you are like, I'm not in coffee. There's hot chocolates and marshmallows even. Yeah, that there and some cookies and, and some goodies. But, but we just want you just to hang out. Have, have a cup of coffee before you jam it and, and start your day. Um, or, or you could come to a midweek. And, and so if you're not doing anything on a midweek, come, come to a Thursday. And, and so fellowship with us. And, or get involved in the small groups that, that um, we're going to be having um, soon. Um, or the, there's um, the, 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 the church calendar. We, we get together and we, we have events. I don't necessarily like events for the sake of events. I'd rather call them fellowship times. So, so get together in the fellowship times. Um, uh, my wife, um, D Diane, mentioned about the, the women's um, overnighter. And you know, you women, you like to do overnighter type of things. So, um, so come and invite your friends and be blessed by that. And, and so get together. We, we, um, this is a fellowship where we're heavily involved in the community, not only in Montclair, but, but in, in all of the surrounding communities. Get involved in your, in your community. Give and or serve at church. And if you're not serving at church in one way or another, get involved. We're looking for more teachers. We're, we're looking for, for people to be involved in the children in the nursery or, or, or the, the ushers or greeters. You know, we want to do rotations. We want to get people involved. And so if you want to be involved, 
talk to me after church. We'll get you plugged in. And, and so sound and, and um, or you're like social media. You know, you know send out tweets and, and um, snaps, chaps, and all that kind of stuff. And redeem it for Jesus Christ. And, um, and so let's be used by the Lord for his glory and for your honor. Get, get involved in one way or another. Now, the third purpose of the body of Christ. We, we see this in verse 42 is that they continue in the breaking of bread. The body of Christ, they continue in, in the breaking of bread. We, we see that in verse 42. And the, the early church, the, the early church continue with, with the ordinances of, of Jesus, the, the sacraments, if you will. The, the word, the word um, sacraments, um, it, it's, it speaks about having communion and baptism. There's two sacraments of, of the church, uh, uh, communion and, and baptism. Communion represents, which we're going to be having today, is the broken body of Jesus for our sins. He, he shed his blood to forgive us, and we partake in communion. And then we do so because we, we are reminded that we're sinners. We need him to be our savior, and we take it, and we are reminded that he's coming back from us soon. Jesus will be coming for us soon. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six 26 says, whoever... Uh, Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the, the, the Lord's death until he comes. And then we have baptism. Baptism represents that, that we are buried and risen from, from, um, in, in Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 says, Romans 6, 4, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was, was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. And so... Um, Baptism, Jesus was baptized, and we follow in his steps. So when you go underwater, symbolically you're saying, my, my, my sins are, are buried under the water, and I come up uh, you know, as a new person in Christ Jesus, and you're making a public declaration, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus all the days of my life. And so we know that the, the, the early church, they practiced the, these ordinances. Another way that the early church, the church broke bread too is that they ate together. They love to eat. Notice with me in verse 46 of chapter 2, verse 46, where it says, so continually, daily. So, man, they, they loved fellowship. Daily, with, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart. I love this. The early church has simplicity of heart. May the church of God never get complicated. Never get complicated. And you could reference verse 46 on that one. It's biblical. And so once we get so complicated and we lose the simplicity, the beauty of simplicity, there, there's, something, there's something wrong there. It's good. We, we obviously, we need to have a, an organization, but when you organize the Holy Spirit out of it, it becomes an organization. It, is, all should become, it always should be a body of Christ. How would this benefit a person should always be the question asked in every single meeting. How would this benefit a person? Because Jesus died for, for, for a person, and we gather together for people, for people to know him and make him known. Those should always be the, the first formats of every single meeting that takes place. And so they broke bread. They, they, they hung out together, and they, they sat, and they ate meals together, and that is so important. And we know Jesus. Jesus loved to eat. He loved to eat. He sure did. We, we, we said the life of Jesus. He's always eating at people's homes. When you get to heaven, by the way, did you know this? You're going to be eating with Jesus? Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm going to sit right next to him. <laughs> You're going to push me away off my chair or move my chair underneath me. <laughs> I'm sitting next to Jesus. You know, um, and so, 
so we get together and we eat. And, and as a church, you know, we, we, we practice eating together. And so we have, we have a monthly dinner, as I mentioned. Attend those monthly dinners if you're able to. Our men, we, we, we meet together as it was in the announcements, um, breakfast. Come in and eat a, a good meal with us. Our women just had a, a women's Christmas gathering, and, and um, they're going to be having more. And so when you see that the churches get together sharing a meal, come. You, you are invited. You're part of this church. And lastly, the fourth purpose of the body of Christ to continue steadfastly in prayer. The church moved forward on her knees. So important. They were a praying church. They realized and they understood that, that power comes through prayer. Power comes through prayer. The entire life of a church is energized by prayer. And as God hears our words, he hears our words, he, and he speaks, he speaks to us as we speak to him. Psalms 5, verse 1 says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray. So when we pray, we pray to him. For, for to you I will pray, my voice ye shall hear in the morning. So it's important to, when you first get up, acknowledge God. Oh, Lord, in the morning, I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Always look up. And so we know that, 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 that prayer is important. And as prayer changes things, it's also important to know that prayer changes me. Prayer changes me. Prayer changes my outlook on, on life. Prayer changes my outlook on, on situations. And, and we believe in the power of prayer. We believe as we enter into our war room, we fight battles. We fight battles that the flesh wouldn't get the upper hand of us. We fight battles that the enemy, we wouldn't fall into his temptations. We fight battles that the body of Christ will be united. And we fight battles because there is a, a war going on out there and it's a spiritual war and so our weapons is through prayer and so we seek God's face we, we, we pray for our family members never stop praying the best thing you could do for your family member is to pray for them cover them in prayer pray for your children your grandchildren pray for your nieces your nephews pray for this country pray for the president pray for the elected officials pray 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 and, and, and obviously in Calvary Montclair, prayer is very important. We have the week of prayer. We, we the Sunday morning, the, the men gather together every Sunday morning. Some of you guys may not know this. They cover this Sunday morning in prayer. When you guys walk in, there's a covering of prayer already that's been done by, by the men of the church. And you could be a part of it. Just come here about 730 in the morning, help set up a little bit, and then they gather together and they, and they pray. They also have coffee too, for the record. And so they, they get together. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I had to say that. Um, so... You know, you pray, you, have, you, you pray, and then you have coffee and get together. And, and, and so the, the second Thursday of every month, we, we do have a prayer meeting, too. We, we eat, and then we have a time of prayer. And so we have times. We, we have times also in the church where the men gather together and the women gather together and pray. And just keep your eye on, on the bulletin when, when those um, days take place. And, and so it's important to, to, to attend. And like I mentioned earlier, if you don't feel comfortable praying, that's okay. Just be there. By you being there and you're agreeing, you, it, it will encourage you. I know when I started attending prayer meetings, I was like a little uh, apprehensive and uncomfortable. I was like, oh, I don't know what to say. What did they call upon me? Oh, no. And so I used to think that way. But I got to tell you, you know, when I started attending, attending um, prayer meetings and I started hearing other believers talk to God, guess what happened inside of me? I started to say, Father, they sound like they really know you, how they talk to you very personally in a, in a personal way. I want to talk to you that way. I, and, and, and it provoked me to um, um, have, a, 
not how you say it. Just more of an intimacy with the Lord, that, that, that he's my friend. I'm not necessarily shouting at him because God's not death. Oh, Lord, and I'm not praying, you know, King James to him either. Thus, you know, it's not weird. It's just a conversation. That's what prayer is. And, and we just talk with God. And so attending um, prayer meetings, you, you, you get encouraged um, and, and by your brothers and, and, and sisters. And, and so you, you, could, you could attend and you could, you could pray. So, so the early church, as we wrap up right now, the, the early church, they, they were known to, to constantly be together. Consistently, they, they, they were together. And they were together for a four, fourfold purpose. The body of Christ, the body of Christ, that's what they did at the very beginning. And this year, this year as we start off in uh, 2020, and we want to see clearly, again, one of the, the, the most important functions that I see as a church should see clearly is the reason why they gather together. So we gather together, and there's a purpose behind it. There's a reason behind it. And so I, I, I thought it's so important to know that. So we come together to be in the Word of God. We, we, we come together in, in, in fellowship. We break bread, and, and we pray, and it's, it's important. And, and those, and those um, components are very important to the body of Christ. And I'm here to say those components are foundational pillars for Calvary Montclair. We believe in, in, in those, um, those, those pillars, There's those four purposes. And we're going to continue to have those as, as foundations for us. And you know what the early church did because they had these four? It changed the world. It turned the world upside down. We know that according to Acts 17.6. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. So when we make these four purposes of, of our life personally, we're going to change this world and we're going to turn it upside down. Amen? Let's pray.